This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Saints just beat Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, and they're having the wildest, craziest Saints season ever. They lost Jameis, but they are headed to the playoffs, and it is going to be an amazing ride. And the way to make it more fun is to become a Saints Happy Hour patron. We have the best Saints community on the internet. We're having the most fun. We have a private Discord where you can talk Saints 24-7. You don't have to worry about the crap of social media, Twitter, Facebook, none of it. We are a great Saints community. Support us. Become a patron. You get full access to what we do every single day. It's the best $10 you're going to spend all football season. There's two months left. The Saints are doing amazing things. Join the party with us. We need your support and you'll have a more fun Saints season. So go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. It's amazing. You should do it. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Go to Symbol.com, use the promo code SD today. Ralph Marlboro here from Saints Happy Hour. You need to join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. We are talking Saints or anything New Orleans sports related. On Spotify Green Room, you can interact with us by asking questions or just laugh at me mispronouncing names. Download the Spotify Green Room on your iPhone or Android device, then follow Saints Happy Hour so you can join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. to talk Saints or anything else NOLA sports related. So do it. Download Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you there. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour podcast. I am playing her tonight. My voice is... You sound like a different person. I it sounds like a fake Ralph. It, it's terrible. This is, this is Ralph's cousin. Is this mouth? Is this mouth, Ralvo? <laughs> it might be. Welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's a Wednesday. We're on Spotify Green Room every Wednesday. You should join us live. <laughs> Download the Spotify Green Room app. This might be one of our worst shows ever because I'm going to be the one doing most of the talking, apparently. That, that's right. Download the Spotify Green Room app. Uh, if you listen to this this podcast later, uh, you should support the show. We had a record-setting October. We had thirty, almost thirty-seven thousand downloads in October. People listen to the show. You should support the show uh, so I can pay medical bills, get my voice fixed. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, this, this show, this show is brought to you by Elderberry Gummies. Make <laughs> sure you take them, or else you'll sound like that. The only thing that's good about the show is when Thomas listens to it later, when he gave me all these tasks of things to do today, and I was like, Thomas, I'm really sick. I don't think I'll get to it. He probably was like, Ralph is full of shit. He's just doesn't want, he just doesn't want to do them. But I am really not feeling well. But we got to do something. And then he listened to the show, and now he feels bad. Now he feels bad. But Spotify is a great sponsor. They're committed. So we're committed to them doing the show every week. So Andrew – 
Let's start at the top. We got Dr. Dr. Thomas. He's going to join us in a little bit. Uh, Michael Thomas, he's out for the year. Um, what the hell happened? Like, you well, his, his, his ankle's even worse than your throat. So, you know, obviously that says something. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'll tell you, this has been a real whirlwind. Um, you know, just backing up, obviously, we had the news a few weeks ago from uh, Curtis Johnson, the Saints receivers coach, and it was out there publicly that he looks ready to go now. He looks good. And so it's like, okay, yeah. well, as soon as he gets off PUP, he, he's a go. And then Keyshawn Johnson, his uncle, is on first take, and he says, you know, I, I just talked to my nephew, and, you know, he's looking like he may go as early as next week. And that was, what, like two weeks ago. So everything was tracking. Yeah. Everything looked good. And then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of got this like, okay, he, it's time to get off PUP, but he wants to be 100%. You know, that, that was the thing that we heard next. And so it was like, well, it's going to happen anytime. And, um, you know, it's, it, but it's just like, he, he's going to need a little bit more time just to feel a hundred percent. So that was, that was maybe the first clue that something was up. Right. Um, and then earlier this week, I think yeah. it was Monday, I got a text from someone that was basically like, and, and it was, it was basically, like, I know a guy who's related to, to Curtis Johnson. So once again, it goes back to Curtis Johnson and the, the person said, and I don't know how reliable this was, but it was like Curtis Johnson said that he's going to play against the Titans. So, uh, you know, I wasn't like, I'm not a reporter. So like, this wasn't like super well sourced. I think, I think normally journalists are like, they need to have yeah. three people confirm it. I think that sources that they trust before they, we'll put stuff out there. Obviously I didn't put it out there publicly. You know, this is a patrons only podcast. I'm just telling you guys, I got this text. Uh, and, and so now like, obviously he's done. And what doesn't track for me is like, I don't think this happened in the last 24 hours. You know, that's what I was kind of led to believe, but like, I just don't think this setback occurred. I, I think it actually is probably like a week or two old because he should have been practicing right after the PUP. And so I think there was maybe like some posturing in terms of like something's still wrong with the ankle. And then, you know, you got to go get tests done. You got to get scans done again and all that. And then it takes time to interpret all that stuff. Sometimes you got to get multiple opinions. Uh, but obviously they've landed on him getting surgery and now he's out for the year. So that's awful. Well, yeah, Thomas, Tom, I'm going I'm to set this up for Thomas Ralph to spare you and ourselves from hearing you talk. But Thomas, <laughs> you said this was going to happen. You came on this show and you basically said, I'm really concerned. Uh, and that's because he didn't get surgery immediately. And when you don't get surgery immediately, there's a lot of complications that happen because you're in a situation where you didn't get that surgery. Therefore, the injury gets worse. And a lot of times when you finally do get it, uh, you know, there's all sorts of advantages of go ahead and knocking it out immediately. So go ahead and take your victory lap, Thomas, and then maybe explain that a little bit for us. I don't want to uh, wallow in my victory, but uh, I did want to kind of shed some light. You, you, you told us you told us this, this was likely to happen. Yeah, I had major concerns. It's just this has been an unnatural it's been an unnatural course of uh, intervention and healing from the jump whenever he came back and uh, nothing was done. And reportedly the ankle was worse. That's just, it's a massive red flag because everything that rehab and surgery and procedures is based off of for sports, competitive sports is based off of like having it done within the appropriate time window. And when you get outside that window and you have tissue changes and stuff, it sometimes like all bets are off. It can be really hard to predict not only your clinical course after you have surgery or after you rehab, but then the complications that come with it, uh, insert recent setback. And, um, correct me if, if I'm wrong, Andrew or uh, Ralph, by the way, Ralph, your voice sounds very sultry. Um, I don't think you should hold anything back tonight. <laughs> 
sultry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give up the podcast. I'm gonna become a lounge singer. Yeah, or Ralph. Those- Ralph, I feel like your register is now closer to Thomas's. Actually, you guys are sound like you're on. Like, this is just Thomas's default uh, intonation. But Ralph, you're kind of operating at that level right now. If uh, the Saints Happy Hour podcast doesn't work out, you can go do those late night commercials that we used to see in the '90s. That's all they felt. The lady in the lingerie, the whispering sweet nothings. Anyway, um, it was a it was it his original injury. Was it just a um, ankle sprain? A high ankle toy? sprain. Okay. High, high high ankle. It was yeah, high. high ankle. Okay, so he had, he had well no he he also had a deltoid uh, a deltoid ligament injury. I remember, which is a low. That's ankle. correct. So yeah. Well, well, well. Uh, I, 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 I'd have to look back on that, Thomas. But I remember his original injury was labeled a high ankle sprain, and at some at some point, now remember okay. he was he was tracked and ready to go. Like he was he was good to go, and then he got suspended because of the whole Chauncey Gardner Johnson thing, right? And then on the heels of coming back from that suspension, right. he rolled his ankle again. And and so the, I don't know. Yes. I don't know I, if the deltoid me. issue was at the same time as the high ankle sprain that and that was the injury against Tampa week one of last year. Uh, I don't know if that occurred then, but I remember that he his ankle got worse after the suspension. And so it's possible that he did some additional damage and maybe had a partial deltoid tear at that time. Yeah. Do we know if the surgery was on the high ankle or the low ankle? Does anyone know that? No. Okay. So, yeah, and actually I'm seeing in my head the original injury. I remember the shot of the lineman or whoever was falling. That was definitely high ankle, just look, looking at it in my memory. Um, but either way, so he came back. Uh, his ankle was worse. I don't, we don't know exactly what that means, but what that tells me is that his rehab did not go well and – if the rehab went well, worst case scenario is that the injury was the same, but it was worse. So then they went in, they tried to fix it. They probably, if they're fixing either high ankle or low ankle, they're probably trying to tack reinforcements in places that can be difficult to do. And then we fast forward way far until now. And what that what has been reported from what I've seen, again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that it is a setback in the ankle region, and Peyton said something about it not being the same injury or being a different type of injury, but in the ankle. And if that's correct, it means it's not the high ankle syndesmosis and it's not the deltoid ligament, which means if it's a rehab injury, uh, injury new injury, then it's probably a hard tissue injury. So it's probably some kind of bony issue. Uh, the most likely thing in these scenarios is involving uh, the bone underneath articular cartilage and the cartilage itself can both get defects uh, without going into boring terms. But basically the cartilage and the bone underneath can become weakened for different reasons from the impact of retraining everything. And in those areas, it gets a little complex with all the little bones in the foot and there's a joint space in between each of those. And okay, so, so Ralph and I will talk about like the cap ramifications and, and just like the, the prognosis for him playing on the Saints potentially next year. But what I want to ask you is just as a player, forget like he might play for the Saints, he might play for someone else, but regardless of who he plays for, Michael Thomas, the player, you know, he, obviously now he's going to have, you know, we're sitting here in November, right? And, and, Training camp doesn't start till next July. So he's basically got eight months until training camp with whatever team he's going to end up on. So he's got eight months to rehab this thing. What does he look like in eight months? I, I Sorry, I should, I should say he has eight months to get surgery now and then rehab. That's what I was going to say. He is getting surgery, right? Was that yes. correct? That I heard that? Well, okay. it hasn't been officially stated that he's getting it, but I think Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton's words were, "He's likely going to have to go in and get another procedure." And when you add on top of that the fact that he's already declared he's missing the whole season, to me, that's surgery. That's ten weeks. Yeah, probably. <sighs> he's going to come back. 
he could come back in eight months from this. I think the issue falls into you, you should have great, great concern that he's not ever going to be like he was from this kind of prolonged course of shit in his ankle. It's just regardless of the exact outcomes of what they do to his ankle and all that, it, it, there's just too much adding up to have high expectations for what he can be on the field in the future. Uh, if we're talking about him returning to close to the levels that he used to be, like prime time, optimum, Mike Thomas, you had kind of faded out. Was that the question you were asking? Yeah. Yeah, my reception is not so great. But, um, yeah, I would, I'm super concerned about that. Like, if he's going to still be with our team, I think that there's a greater likelihood than not that he will not return to his Megatron final form that he used to be. It's going to be some lesser version of that, maybe like 80% tops, best case scenario, I would say. Now we're talking about not necessarily his production, but just the mobility and and explosiveness and functionality of his ankle specifically. Correct. Yeah. So a a certain part of his game, right? Whatever. Right. Yeah. Like he was never a. Because I mean, you know, upper body strength, hand hand ability, route ability, how he sells routes. You know, those are all things he does really well, and I think that those are things that will translate when you have a bum ankle in your. I mean, I just watched. Odell Beckham tearing ACL and he was still a 70 catch a thousand yard receiver right after he did that. So a different injury, different circumstances. He had surgery right away. But my point is these guys come back and I don't know that he's ever going to be 150 catch, you know, 1600 yard receiver kind of guy, but could he be a 70 catch 900 yard receiver for the saints next year? Maybe. Right. Top. He could. Dr. He could. Thomas, maybe. We, yes. He before could. we let you go, we have eight. He has got like like Andrew said. He has eight months. What for you? As we go through this, because me and Andrew will get to a second. I don't think the Saints they can't trade him before next June. They can't cut him. So should there be what would be red fl- red flags for you next up? Should like if the saints have a mini camp and all this, if you don't see him at those mini camps, like should he be ready to go? And we see him at mini camps and different things in the spring. If you don't see him then, is that a giant red flag as well? Yeah. Yeah. He should be on the field to some degree, uh, doing football movements and certain types of drills. Uh, if he's not, then he's once again entered the vortex of the prolonged rehab with complications. And then also coming into play is his – I don't know how reasonable his expectations are with his comments about having zero pain and all these things. Uh, some, like, It's not always going to work out that way, especially if you have a, a weird clinical course like he has. Yeah. And uh, I had a couple other things I wanted to throw out there that might be interesting. Um, number one for uh, Jabu Winston, we're looking at uh, if it was just an ACL, then probably six to nine month time frame. If it's ACL and MCL, sometimes meniscus is involved, then it gets a little more complicated, but probably still at the outer edge of the nine months for a return. And because he's a quarterback, it really shouldn't be that difficult for him to get back on the field and perform nearly to the same level he was before. And yeah. And then um, as far as Taysom Hill goes, if he's on the field practicing, then he's already passed the, um, he's no longer symptomatic. So if he, if he doesn't play this, this weekend, then it doesn't have to do with concussion related stuff. It was more, I don't know, but something about the game plans. He should play, I guess is my point. He's, he's symptom free now that he's back yeah. on the field. And then, well, that's, that, that's, th- thank you, Dr. Thomas. That's a great segue, Andrew, into the next topic is, um, and thanks Dr. Thomas. We may come back to you. Um, Taysom Hill, he was practicing, of course, the Saints, they didn't let any, they didn't, they don't let the media see much of practice, but we did see, we did see a video with Taysom Hill. 
Taysom Hill was practicing, but Malcolm Jenkins was not. Um, so they had some guys missing. We don't know. Like, what the hell is Sean Payton going to do at quarterback? It's Wednesday, and I still have no idea. Well, I think he's going to use that to his advantage. So I think this is kind of like training camp when you got two guys battling for the starting role and trying to figure out who's going to be the starter and how a team prepares for that. And I think this is no different. And so I think similar to when Drew Brees was coming back from injury, um, similar to when it, there was a question last year, is it going to be Taysom or is it going to be Jameis? I think they will hold that bullet in the chamber for as long as possible, specifically uh, to get a competitive advantage going into this game. Um, I still my gut says Taysom. A lot of people are saying Simeon. A lot of Saints fans want it to be Simeon. I find that interesting. Uh, but I think the thinking is sound. The thinking is, and I, I think people are maybe inflating Simeon a little bit based on the way he played against Tampa. Uh, and so I think a lot of Saints fans are thinking, hey, this guy's pretty good. Um, and so I don't know that I agree with that, but I think I don't, the, he, the idea here is to he keep chasing. I rewatched that game yesterday. He was he they had he had he had some shaky moments, and he's kind of jittery in the pocket a little bit. I don't know. I don't like know. I mean, yeah, I mean, not, I know I'm kind of flip flopping here, but I, he, it was a gutsy performance by Trevor Simeon. But you know, I, I think it's one of those things where a lot of Saints fans want to keep Taysom in the role that he does best because he's not a quarterback. He's not a starting right. NFL quarterback. And that's where that's coming from. And I get it. And I agree. Uh, but I just have to keep going back personally to the thought that this offense kind of sucks. And as much as Jameis, like, I don't blame Jameis for the fact that it sucks because I actually think Jameis did what he was told to do. He executed it at, at an efficient level. And he was a prisoner of a situation where his offensive line kept getting banged up. It was different starting five linemen every week, right? So his receiver group never had Michael Thomas. He didn't have Traquan Smith. He lost Deontay Harris for, for a minute. So, like, the receiver group was a joke. And the offense just – it's 29th in the league. It sucks. That's not a reflection of Jameis Winston. It just is what it is. And so – I just think back to like what has this offense done best? It's put the ball on in third and short in Taysom Hill's hands. That's basically been the only thing that's worked so far this season, other than Jameis occasionally hitting a deep ball. That, that, that's basically it. And so I just look at like how much is this offense going to get better with Trevor, Trevor Simeon? I, I think Trevor Simeon will be really effective at game managing, not turning the ball over. So if you're a Saints fan and that's all you want, if you're just like, I just want this team to not turn the ball over, then maybe Simeon is the better guy. But then you got to be content with this offense continuing to operate in like 29th, 30th, dead last in the league territory. That's what we're looking at. With Taysom, I believe – this team can run for over 200 yards a game because the combination of handing off to Camara, uh, zone reads, RPOs. I mean, look, he's going to take a beating with this kind of game plan. And how long does he last doing that? Yeah, see, that's the but, thing. Like, how long can he hold I, up? Dude, I that? just think it's week to week, man. You got to just keep picking up wins. That's how I look at that. And so. Yeah, but, but if Taysom, but yeah, but that's the thing. Like, does Sean Payton look at it as like, I have to protect Taysom? And I have to. I can't. I can't run him into the ground. I got to sprinkle him in here or there. Um, but that goes. Yeah. The one thing that I want to talk about is. The, it, I mean, the, I would argue, Ralph, that he can protect himself better playing quarterback for a whole game than he can getting ten touches as a tight end, running back. Yeah, that's true. The punt protector, whatever. Well, the injury report besides Taysom being limited. Who do you think is the most important? You got Malcolm Jenkins didn't practice. Your UDFA son, Carl Granderson, didn't practice with a shoulder. Ty Montgomery with a hamstring. Uh, Dwayne Washington, Taysom, Peyton Turner, Teron Armstead. They were all limited. Marshawn Lattimore was full with the hand. Um, you know, Atlanta has pits. Well, How big is Malcolm I, I think, I think, Yeah. Uh, I think Malcolm Jenkins is important. Um, I don't know how well he can cover Pitts. You know, Pitt, Pitts to me is like a Darren Waller, where like he might just be a little too quick, a little too 
much of a physical freak for Malcolm Jenkins. He's like a wide receiver. He look. He's they say he's a tight end. He looks like an overgrown receiver. He looks like Colston with speed to me. Like yeah. he's amazing. I just think the Saints need to take him away, and if that means bringing Lattimore inside and covering him, like whatever, like that needs to be the game plan because. I just think you take him away. They don't have Ridley. They have nothing. This offense is easily stopped if you take away Pitts. And so, yeah, I think no Malcolm Jenkins would yeah. be a big deal. Now, look, he's an Iron Man. Uh, I didn't notice him leave the game, so maybe it's like a Veterans Day off because his knee is acting up a little bit. But, like, I was surprised to see Malcolm Jenkins in practice. Uh, but he doesn't miss games. He never misses games. So Yeah, um, he's one of those guys, like, He's one of those guys like Cam Jordan. They take a, they have like this sense of pride. It's like they don't want, they don't miss games, and they take pride that I that they don't miss and they haven't missed. And he's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna try to play at least. Let's see, um, yeah, so before we'll, we get Malcolm Jenkins. Well, before we get to Odell Beckham speculation, uh, we got some people holding on. Dylan, uh, what you got for us? Hey guys, good evening. What's up, Dylan? What's up, Dylan? So, so here's what I'm wondering. I mean, what what's the end game with this Michael Thomas stuff? I mean, do you guys realistically think that he's going to be on the Saints next year? I mean, I just I just get this feeling that he's not. I I don't know what to think. I, I don't know what the end game is. I mean, what? I mean, you know, in a perfect world, he comes back next year. He's a hundred percent. But I mean, I don't know. Are we good? You think we're going to trade him next off season and include him in a package to get maybe Wilson or Rogers? I, like, what, what's the end game here? Because I mean, yeah, he's obviously not going to be back this year. And I don't think I don't I don't expect us to go to the Super Bowl with what we have. I mean, who knows? But I I just I'm trying to figure out what's the end game here. Yeah, so I think it's important to talk about his contract when you ask a question like that. And, you know, the first thing you said, a trade, you can can basically throw that out the window. No team is going to trade for a guy who's been out of football essentially for two years, is coming off a horrific, concerning surgery, and has a $100 million contract. No one is trading for that. That it just, the Saints will get nothing in return. If 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 someone does have the cap space that they want to take that risk to trade for him, the Saints will be getting pennies on the dollar. So the Seattle is not trading Russell Wilson. Uh, you're not getting Aaron Rodgers for that con. You're you're getting right. pennies on the dollar, if, if anything. So I think we need to realistically take the word trade and Michael Thomas basically out of our vocabulary now. What here, here, here's how I see it happening, Dylan. Like, here's the rub he's a $23 million dead money situation contractually going into free agency. I just don't see the Saints cutting him at that point because $23 million of dead money does you nothing. Um, now you get to save 18 of that 23 million if you cut him after June 1st. The problem with that is that you know, after June 1st. That's a lot of cap relief, right? 18 million. That's a lot of money that you could do something with, but free agency's done. So you don't have a lot to spend. Now we know guys shake loose. I mean, we saw it with Richard Sherman. We saw it with some of the other additions the Saints made, but like you are not getting difference makers. You are not getting exciting players in free agency after June 1st. So I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be on the team or not, but I have a hard time seeing him gone before June 1st. Now, because of that, you ask, what's the end game? I think he's back in training camp. I think the Saints will play like, we really can't cut him and benefit from anything until after June 1st. So we might as well bring him to camp, see how he's looking. And they've got a lot of money invested in him. And so if he's not fully recovered, at that point, they may decide, you know what, let's go ahead and cut them. We can use that those finances to roll them over the following year for the cap. We can use it to sign our draft class. And maybe they do go ahead and cut him in training camp or after June 1st if, if it's just not tracking. 
But if he has surgery and his ankle is looking okay and it's looking like he's going to play, and as Thomas said, like he may never be the same player, but if it's looking good enough that he can get back on the field and do his thing, my gut tells me I disagree. Ralph t- sent me a text today like, Michael Thomas will never catch a pass to the Saints again. I actually, I actually don't agree with that. I actually think that he he's more likely to be on the Saints next year than not strictly because he's more expensive to the team on it, off of it, than he is on it until after June 1st. And at that point, the Saints are kind of right. Now, now I think where the game changes too, though, Dylan, right. is and then, if, if, if there starts to be turmoil, and if there starts, if he starts to cause problems again, if there's unrest, if they can't reach him, you know, if, if he becomes a distraction or a problem or he's mouthing off on Twitter, then I think Mickey Loomis will say, Let, let's, let's take the $18 million after June 1st. Right. I mean, look, the thing that I just can't get over is how the off season was handled, you know, last off season with with him just not getting surgery and ghosting the team. I, I just cannot get over yeah. that, and I, I I I just I don't have any words. And speaking of issues, I don't I don't want I don't want the Saints to touch Odell Beckham with a ten foot pole. I, I just Why feel not? like you might as well give this locker room. I, I, you might as well give the locker room a cyanide pill. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want keep Janoris him away. Jenkins worked out fine. He, the, the Giants, cut him, <laughs> the Giants cut him, and the Saints claim it's fine. It's fine. The way I, the way I look at, the way I look at, I mean, Antonio Brown is another guy. I would say I, I wouldn't touch with the ten foot pole, and he's worked out pretty good with the Bucks. So, think of the comedy. Think of the comedy if the Saints signed Odell Beckham like tomorrow morning, and I had to do and I had to do the breaking news siren with this voice of mine. Think of the comedy. Oh, the the thing with Odell Beckham <laughs> is that to me, I'm always down to sign a guy at, at no no risk investment. So like, if he gets cut by the Browns and then he clears waivers, and no one's going to be throwing big money at Odell Beckham to finish out the season. You know, this is like he'll get a prove it contract. Like Odell will sign for a minimum deal with a team that's trying to compete, and th- this will be a reclamation project, an opportunity for him to show the league that he's serious about playing football. And if he keeps his head on straight, maybe he can parlay that. Into- he's not stupid; he knows that. And so, would I make a move for Odell? Like I'm aware of his history. I'm aware that like he's not a guy I would give a big contract to in the off season. But like to help the receiver room now, you get a guy that knows he has to have his head on straight. You know that he can help the team. And by the way, like I'm realistic about Odell Beckham. I don't think he's that good anymore. I just I've watched him this season. Like he's he's just not who he used to be. He's he's older. The injuries have caught up to him. And on top of that, I think he's got like the diva. He doesn't fit well in the locker room. He's a problem child, you know. So. That's a, th- those are yeah. all the reasons not to have him. He's 31. But the Saints are so bad at receiver that he immediately comes in and he's the best player on the best receiver in the room. Period. Even 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 with all that stuff, he still is. So like to me, it's like minimum investment yep. to the point I, where like if you, if if three weeks into the whole deal, he's a problem. You just cut him. Sim Bull is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Sim Bull. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Go to symbol.com, use the promo code SD today. Ralph Marlbro here from Saints Happy Hour. You need to join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room app. We are talking Saints or anything New Orleans sports related. On Spotify Green Room, you can interact with us by asking questions or just laugh at me mispronouncing names. Download the Spotify Green Room on your iPhone or Android device, then follow Saints Happy Hour so you can join us every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. to talk Saints or anything else NOLA sports related. So do it. Download Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock 
We'll see you there. I, I, I think you're spot on, Andrew, and I agree ev- with everything you said. Just the, the, the only way you can sell it to me is the fact that he's low risk right. and you sign him. And I, I think you're, you're, you're going to cut right him. on the money as always. I, Dylan, it ha- and, and it has to be that way. He has to be low risk. That's the only way it can work. Yeah. I think they're going to cut. I mean, I think the Cleveland's clearly going to cut him. They sent him home today and they said he's not going to be part of the team the rest of the year. So I think the teams to watch, if he clears waivers, which I think he will, will be the Saints, Green Bay, and the Raiders because they lost Ruggs because Ruggs got drunk and it's a tragic situation. He killed a woman uh, in an accident, and the Raiders cut him, so they desperately need a receiver. Now I think that would be the yeah that situation, man. He was run, driving 156 miles an hour, uh, twice over twice the legal limit. Um, yeah, just tragic, crazy. And, and during football season too, I mean, just the fact that he would take a chance like that and ruin his career, affect his teammates like that and cost them on their life. Most importantly, it's just irresponsible behavior to the highest level. And it's just unbelievable. I mean, we think, we think the saints are having a bad year and, and a rough and a rough year with all the injuries and stuff. The, the, the Raiders, man, they're having, <laughs> they're, they are having a season from hell. All right. We got, yeah. we got. We got Matt. Matt, uh, what you got for us tonight? Yeah. I think one other team you could throw in there that would go after uh, Odell Beckham would probably be the Patriots. The thing. Ooh, I didn't think of that. That's a good – that's a good – Yeah. A good I, I just – well, remember, if he clears waivers, though, he gets the pick. He, he has a choice that's in right. the matter. And, like, yeah. does Odell want to go – to the Raiders right now, like based on no, the I season think- you just talked about, does he want to go to the Patriots? I mean, he could go with Mac Jones, but like, I'm telling you, like he's, he's from new Orleans. Like mm-hmm. I just think he would want to go. To yeah. The I mean, I, I think if, if Jameis was healthy, I think the saints, you, when you have Sean Payton and Jameis calling him and being like, dude, get your ass down here, get in line. We have a role for you. It's going to work out. It's going to be great. And he'd have his family being like, come on home, dude. This will be great. Uh, I think it'd be a lock. But now, they don't have Jameis. You got Trevor Simmons. CK is asking about Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> a lot, I've seen a lot of Saints fans ask about him, too, because he's about to get cut by the Rams. My answer, what's that? He already got cut. I think he already got released. Yeah, okay, he already got released. My 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 yeah, my like, my thing about Deshaun Jackson is that like the Saints already have Kenny Stills, Kevin White, and Deontay. Like they already have, and like is Deshaun like that much better than those three at this stage of his career? Like he might be slightly better, but it's going to take learning the playbook. It's going to take developing chemistry. Like he's not very familiar with, with what the Saints are going to want him to do. And I just think the returns are marginal there. Like the Saints don't need another deep threat. Like they have those guys. Like it personnel wise, like to me, Willie Sneed, if he's any good anymore, makes way more sense, you know. And obviously he ended up going to the Panthers practice squad. But my point there is like they need a they need a possession receiver that moves the chains. They need a Michael Thomas. They need a Willie Sneed. Like the, to me, that's the kind of receiver they need. And they went after Darius Slayton. To me, Deshaun Jackson just doesn't skill set wise doesn't fit the profile of the kind of receiver this offense needs. One receiver I was hoping they would go for would be Tim Patrick from the Broncos because he would fit that that role perfectly. Totally. I mean, he's a big guy, six four, two twelve. I mean, hell, he's I've watched him Bronco games and he's been often the security blanket for many of the uh, Denver quarterbacks the past two years. Yeah, now, a little disappointing they didn't go. I didn't hear any news about him, so they went for without him. I think they just want someone to drag attention away from uh, Kamara. I think that's one of the big things. And I mean, with Deshaun Jackson, I don't, yeah. I trust his durability even less than Beckham's. I really do, because I think he's way more brittle and fragile. Just, yeah. just if he just lands awkwardly, I think he's out for another three weeks with like a sprained ankle or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, look, uh, look. Any receiver that uh, I, I'm willing to try anything because I really think the the group is this bad. And well, here's, but I just to me well, it does, my, it doesn't make as much sense. I guess. Well, here's my question, Matt. Maybe you can answer it. I and I asked Andrew this because a lot of times when me and Andrew have 
questions, uh, discussions on text messages. Uh, something, a team will do something stupid, or but I'll be like, why the hell did they do that? And Andrew will be like, dummy, they did it because of this. And I might disagree with why they did it, but I'll be like, okay, that makes sense. The thing I don't understand about Odell is if Cleveland knew that he wasn't going to be part of their plans the rest of the year and they were going to send him home, right? Why didn't they trade him yesterday to the Saints? Because they either mm-hmm. pay him $8 million to sit at home, which they're doing right now, or they pay five to $6 million of his, of his salary this year, converted to sign a bonus. And they get a pick from the saints. Like, why wouldn't you get the draft pick? I just like, I don't understand Cleveland's thought process in this Odell thing yeah. from yesterday to the day to today. It doesn't make any sense to me. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, unless it, I really think Cleveland at first and his and Odell's dad tweet like you know to free OBJ and and that kind of pissed off uh, the GM and the coach because like wow you're really doing this to us so it became kind of a semi panic to try and get something out of them and I think they wanted probably a day two pick or something and the Saints I think were willing to deal with it but they would have to eat some of the contract. And you know, for that uh, day two pick, for that day two pick, but it, it just just didn't happen. I because I really think the plan was to use him for the rest of the season. But when you know LeBron and his dad got involved and started making it public, <laughs> it became it was like, okay, we get you don't want to be here. We'll work something out. I mean, how following the Browns reporters, apparently uh, they're working on a deal to where they probably will release him tomorrow uh i'm guessing you know trying to i guess it'll be somewhat kind of i, a need, I need at least two days for this voice to heal up i need to i need them to wait until at least friday to sign odell because my voice <laughs> my voice yeah i can just imagine yeah you you, you at least need uh, to clip the all right ralph so like find an old show find the breaking news siren and then you screaming oh <laughs> like and and just just grab that and superimpose it, and then you can start talking terribly again. Yeah, bro. My, yeah. I got a best friend who graduated from LSU, and he's been uh, me- private messaging me nonstop about uh, Odell coming to the Saints. You know, he's on cloud nine because you know he wants Odell on the Saints. Oh, it'd, be, uh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Be uh, look, look. As an LSU fan, and look, I, I'm under no, I'm no under no illusions of the problems that Odell Beckham has had in it during his career. But, but apparently, like Odell's handled his requests to leave uh, pretty well in terms. You know, he's not a distraction in the locker room. He's not like being a total diva. He's like, I'll see how all this plays out. I think once the trade deadline started, Loom, he, he kind of told his dad and LeBron, like, "Hey, can you try and push this along? Like, you know, wrap this up a little." Well, the thing that's interesting with Odell is the tape, sort of the tape nerds, tape eaters on Twitter that I really like and I follow. A bunch of them are like, "He's still getting open. I think he still has something yeah. left." Um, oh yeah, he's not. It's not like he's like 30 and he's coming off a bad injury. No, he's still relatively young. He's like 28, I, I think, or maybe uh, early 29. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for joining us tonight, Matt. Um, yeah. The interesting thing, Andrew, and, and I want people to uh, pipe in with this too, is I was trying to figure out like, what, what is your realistic ideal scenario for the 2021 Saints now that they have the injured quarterback they're playing Trevor Simeon or Taysom or however it goes they're not going to have Michael Thomas but what is a realistic outcome for the Saints in 2021 that you would just be over the moon excited about and when it ended you'd be like God I love this year we're going to remember this one for a long time I mean, I think right now it's just make the playoffs. I just think it would be incredible, an incredible accomplishment, not having Michael Thomas all year, losing your starting quarterback, being displaced by a hurricane, COVID ravaging through your coaching staff, 
who knows what we I do whatever we have next I don't know what it is yet Ralph but I'm sure it's going to be horrible <laughs> based on the way this season's been going worse than my voice you know today. Will Lutz being out for the year uh, on the kicking <laughs> the kicking kicker deal that we've been going through David on your missing six weeks like I don't know what's around the corner for the Saints this season but I know it's going to be horrible and I'm ready for it and I'm prepared for it but like if they can make the playoffs and Sean Payton can get this team to the postseason with Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, or freaking Ian Book, or Philip Rivers, you know, whatever it's going to be, um, I'm here for it. But if they make the playoffs, I'm telling you, like, it's just – and this is impo- – it's important, it's I think, for fans of 2006 and beyond, or basically the Sean Payton era to hear this. Seasons where you don't make the playoffs – like you think seven and nine is bad. And really that's probably the worst case scenario at this point, right? Cause they're already five and two. So seven and nine is probably as, as bad as it gets this year, but I've seen worse. I've seen saints teams where it's October and you're already talking about the draft and it's two months of absolute misery. Quarterback. It's awful. And we saw this quarterback roulette with Ditka where he's playing different guys and it was a, and they all suck. And they, and they all, all sucked. Like yes. the and it, it, I'm telling you, you you think you want that? Like, I I hear all these Saints fans are like, oh, well, we could get a top 10 pick. I can already hear your mind going there. I can all – collectively, you're already telling me this. And I hear you talking about a top 10 pick. And I'm, I'm telling you, you don't want that top 10 pick. You don't want to put yourself through that. This is not why we watch it every Sunday. To, to like the Pelicans are doing that. The Pelicans have been doing that for five years, oh watching the team, thinking about mock drafts. And, and it's just, I'm, you don't want to be at that place. You want, you want a team that's doing everything they can to be competitive and try to win on Sunday. Because every time the Saints win, as far as I'm concerned, it's a celebration. So, well, you know, I, I just want this team to make the playoffs, man. I, that's all I want. I think. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. 
Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. I think the 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 pinnacle for the 2021 Saints is to make the playoffs and the NFC is going to the playoffs in the NFC are going to be a bloodbath because you have Green Bay, Dallas, the Rams and Arizona and am I forgetting one team? Oh, and Tampa. All five of those yeah. teams, Tampa, yeah. They're going to be like 12 wins or better and all of them think that they can get to the Super Bowl. So my ideal scenario for the 2021 Saints, Andrew, make the playoffs and wreck one of those team seasons. I actually have, yeah, that would be fun. Like, so you win one playoff. You can't game. win the Super Bowl. The Saints can't win the Super right. Bowl. But like, if they wrecked a thirteen and four Dallas team, if they went to Tampa and wrecked Tampa's chance to repeat, like that would be amazing. I think the most fun. That would be beautiful. I think the most enjoyable. It wouldn't be wrecking Tampa's year because Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. If he doesn't get another one, he's not gonna. It's not gonna matter. The most fun. Yeah is going to the Rams and wrecking their chance to play in their own stadium for the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Oh, be amazing. I, they, they could do that and get beat the next week 100 to nothing, and I'd be like, I don't care. I'll give, you another, I'll give you another scenario okay. um, that I think would maybe top that. And I think it's even more unrealistic. I, I, actually, think, I actually think this is like <laughs> less than a 1% chance of happening. But at the end of the playoffs or the regular season, you know, let's say they don't make the playoffs. If the Saints identify that Ian Book is so good that, like, they're ready to commit to him next season as the starter, like, unquestionably. Like, he, he just, he just, he play he starts, he plays games, yeah. and he's so damn good that it's unquestionably like a Russell Wilson situation, you know, when he was young where it's like, He's our guy because then you've got a guy on a rookie deal, a third round pick. He's your quarterback now. And you can, you, you can not stress about Jameis. You cannot stress about Taysom. And if they come back, that's great, but they're going to be backups and they're going to be offered backup deals. And I, I would say like the development of Ian book. Now I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think he's that good, but if he were to develop into a guy that they would confidently say, this is our guy, this is our future. We're starting him. I, that's that would be the best case scenario for the season. Short of that, that's the best case scenario besides winning the Super Bowl. Because the thing yeah. is, then you have you get you get Loomis, you get three years where Loomis has so much flexibility because he's he's playing a starting quarterback that you think could be a top 12, 15 guy. You're paying him a million dollars a year for three years. So, yeah, you just get. I mean, I feel ridiculous just talking about this because it's not going to happen. But I just want to throw out there, if we're talking about, like, ridiculous situations and possibilities, like, that would be the ideal. I mean, I know it's it feels ridiculous, but, like, this Saints defense, like, get them in a playoff game against any one of these NFC teams. I don't think that – I know. I know the Saints can't win three playoff games, but they can win one. You know, just I'll- Ralph, I, I want to ask you a quick question. I threw, <laughs> I threw this out on the podcast, but we didn't really uh, dive into this theory too much. But I want to throw something out there because I just find this conversation kind of interesting. So let's say Jameis hadn't gotten hurt. And let's say he continued to track at where he's been. So, you know, that puts him at 10 and four. Uh, let's say they finish the year 12 and five. OK, they make the playoffs. And his, his, his statistics continue to track the way they've been. So, I mean, I'm making this up, but he finishes with 32 touchdowns and seven interceptions on the year, right? Quarterback rating over 100, 36 touchdowns, seven interceptions. 
you know, probably just like throwing a little bit over 200 yards a game. So he's not lighting the world on fire because he doesn't have great receivers. But the Saints are winning games. They're 12-5, and five, very efficient. You know, he's a top five, top ten efficiency quarterback. He goes into the playoffs, wins a game. All right, let's say he wins a game. In that scenario, I believe he's priced himself out of New Orleans based on their cap stuff. Now, maybe Mickey Loomis finds a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mickey Loomis, Loomis yeah. nests it and, and like finds a way to make it work because they're like, we can't let him go. Like He's our guy, right? So maybe that happens. But let's just say a team sees that. Let's say several teams see, it, say that, see that, and they're like, give Jameis Winston $150 million. Like he's, he's awesome. Like Sean Payton's fixed him. Give him whatever. He's our guy, right? Like, and all it takes is one NFL team to do that. So my question to you is, is it possible that this injury actually makes it more likely that Jameis Winston will be on the Saints next year? I think so, because, like, what team is going to say to him, uh, come here? You know, I think the Saints will offer him the same – crap deal that they offered last time and like what I mean well the thing is though you, you I mean let's you could think of the teams like Pittsburgh Roethlisberger's cooked right but at the same time like what team is going to, to give him any assurances at all his knee is wrecked right so I, I yeah, think yeah I think it's likely that he's my back. my gut is that he wasn't going to be he wasn't going to get worse as the season progressed. I think Jameis would have gotten better each week. I think I think he's. I'm he's, just telling you these things, man. They work out in mysterious ways sometimes, and I I, I can't help I can't like, help but think like this is kind of a in some weird way. This makes it more likely he'll be the Saints quarterback next year. I mean, I think it's. I think James that he's likely to be on the Saints, but I I think put it this way, he won't be the favorite going into camp. I think the Saints they'll re-sign him, but they'll either do a trade or they'll draft somebody. Like like they're not going to go into next year with Taysom and Jameis with a coming off a wrecked knee at quarterback. Like Sean, there is no way Sean Payton does that at quarterback. I don't. They're going to add something. Yeah. They'll add something else. Maybe it's a veteran. Maybe it, you know, maybe it'll be Russell Wilson. I don't know. Um, but to finish up this week, because we'll see, we'll probably try to do a show Friday unless my voice is completely gone. But since we only have 10 minutes left and I want to do it, your thoughts on Atlanta this week, Andrew, I feel like I picked Atlanta to win. Monday, but I changed my pick for the WWL column, which I filed tonight. Uh, I feel like the Saints, I know it's real. So now you're going Saints. You do this every freaking week, Ralph. You make uh, a pick on the show and then you change it. Not, not every all. week you're like, and you're like, oh, I changed my mind. But like, you are the most non-committal better of all time. And I just, I just want to point out like, you, you, you like to, I feel like there's a little bit of you that likes to kind of spread your 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 calls. So you're one of those yeah. guys that gets to say I called it because one of your bets on one platform is right. So like you, you will look like an <laughs> idiot on the podcast, but you're like, look at my column. I'm a genius. I said this would happen. No, or or, or vice versa. I don't do that as much as you think. The uh, the thing that I changed with the with the Tampa game is I picked them. Uh, I was I, I picked them to win. No, I, you're right. I have, I have changed. I take it all back. I have changed my pick two weeks in a row. I take it all back. So your dad. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on to you. Mr. Jude. Yeah, hey, guys. Look, I just want to say, I, I think you guys are right that Jameis and Michael Thomas will be back next year for the, for the sort of money and lack of tradeability reasons, et cetera, you know, that you, that you mentioned. But to me, this season, look, I said, I said 11 and, I said 11 and six, but, and, and, but now we're five and two. Of the next 10 games, that means we have to go six and four. You know, those games, six of the next 10 games are definitely winnable to me. You know, the, the Titans don't have Derrick Henry. The Dolphins are struggling. Right. Look, I just heard tonight, right. doesn't Aaron Rodgers have COVID? I mean, who, who knows yes. what's going to happen? 
Um, you know, you get into the right. playoffs and Rodgers has COVID or, or I don't know, T- you know, Tannehill has COVID. But um, it seems to me that, look, um, Trevor Simeon coming in when Jameis goes down when you don't expect it last Sunday is one thing. I don't underestimate the fact that now Sean Payton knows he's going with Trevor Simeon, perhaps, you know, this coming Sunday. So he can design a game plan around the guy. And look, the guy, the guy several years ago got um, – got a Denver team into the playoffs, right, that had good defense and probably less weapons no, than we he, got. He so I think if you combine using Camaro well and some of our other weapons, I, I think the defense can keep us in every game. So I think that with the defense, we can win. With the defense and Peyton's clay, mm-hmm. play calling, I think we can win six of the next ten. That's That's my take. So thanks for a good show, guys. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. You know, it's interesting. Like, I, I'll say – I'll restate what I said about Trevor Simeon. I don't know, know that, like, the offense was going to have that big of a drop-off with Trevor Simeon as, as long as he continues to not turn the ball over. And that's the thing. Like, Jameis was doing that really, really well. I know this sounds like a dig to say this offense can operate the same way with Simeon that they did with Jameis, but, like – but the offense is bad. I know. I mean, the it's just the offense is bad. What do you want from me? Like, it's not Jameis' yeah. fault that these receivers are the worst in Saints history. Like, and look, the, the whole game plan is don't turn it over. So, like, I think Simeon can do that. Now, the reason I want Taysom again is that I just think it gives an explosive element to your rushing attack. And I just think if, if this team can make their offense, we're a ground and pound. We, we just – we run Ingram, and now that you got Ingram, you know, we run Taysom, we run Ingram, and we get Kamara out on the edge, and that's our offense. And every once in a while, we'll throw a deep ball to Kevin White or Deontay Harris, to keep you honest, you know, but that's the offense. And I just think Taysom Hill gives you more to account for. Maybe you get more explosive plays. I saw someone just say the Saints will see more eight-man boxes with Taysom. Good. I want to see more eight-man boxes so we can throw a deep ball to Deontay. You know, and so I just think there's more explosiveness and there's more of a chance. This offense is never going to be top 10, but I just think there's more of a chance that this offense from a yardage gaining standpoint and an ability to sustain drives, there's a better chance that they'll be 22nd or 19th with Taysom than, you know, I, I think with Trevor Simeon, they're just doomed to be 30th in the league. And, and then the whole, thi- the whole thing is don't turn it over. Now, the flip the- side of that is that I absolutely think Taysom is a bigger turnover risk. So, like, if the fumbling thing continues to happen, then, then I change my mind real quick. He's got he's to fix that fumbling issue. Yeah, you get the same. I, I told, I think I, think I told this to, to Andrew on a, a, when we were talking on the phone Monday. I said – if you could show me just the turnover column for the Saints the rest of the year, and I would bet significant money against them anytime they lost the turnover battle by even one. Like the Saints, they. Yeah, but I'll tell you, man, this defense is getting their hands on the football. Like the turn. That's like, right. This feels a little bit like 2009. The number of turnovers they're creating, I mean, yeah. they're getting two picks a week, it feels like. Yeah. Like um, they, and they're, so they're getting their hands on a lot of footballs. Like, I don't know if it's sustainable, Ralph, but, like, <laughs> if they keep doing this, then offensively you really don't have to do that much. This team might be 29th yeah. in the league on yeah. offense, but they're 5-2. and two. Yeah, but, like, if you, some, like we saw in 2009, like some years – your defense just creates a bunch of turnovers and you get a little bit of fumble luck and it yeah. falls your way. And like, it can happen. Like here's the other this- point I'll make. Here's the other point I'll make Ralph. Like this saints team, there was, there were these theories when Will Lutz was going to come back and when Michael Thomas was going to come back and, and this was going to happen. And like, and, and Jameis is going to get better because he's going to get more comfortable. Like there were these visions of where this team could be in several weeks. And it was really exciting because we thought maybe they'd be a Super Bowl. They could make a Super Bowl run or whatever. Yeah. Well, now that's all crashed and burned. And I think we understand very clearly what the Saints are now. The Saints just are what they are. 
And even without Jameis, they could continue to be what they are. But there is no visions of like what it can be with Michael Thomas. There's no visions like this team is now play defense, get turnovers, and get out of their way. Do not lose this game for the defense. The defense wins us games. This is a defensive loaded team. And the job description for the offense is try to stay on the field, try to move the chains, don't turn it over. That's it. That's it. They they won't score. They won't. They will not score thirty points the rest of the season. Well, they they might if they, they score deep. Well, yeah, right. Unless, pick six unless they right, get right. a defense, unless they get a defensive touchdown. They like just you need to get in your mind if you're a Saints fan. Like every week is going to be a seventeen to twenty point mud wrestling match and like embrace it because if you're waiting for this offense to like turn around and be what it has the previous 15 you're going to be frustrated every single week like embrace what the saints are good at it'll make the season more fun uh yeah so and and look atlanta they have three interceptions all year the Saints are habitually getting three, three in a game. Opposed, Atlanta has three all year. Backs have so, five rating against them. By the way, yeah, they they are they have no pass rush. They don't get turnovers. So when you're an offense where the job description is don't turn it over, this is about as good of a defense as you can face because they don't get turnovers. So uh, that's not to say it won't happen, right? But I, I think the Saints absolutely can execute the game plan again this week. I think if you can just bottle up pits, that's it. Like the saints are going to, I think be effective at, at slowing down Atlanta. This is not going to be a game where Atlanta is going to score a bunch of points, but I think, look, if Taysom Hill starts and the saints lose 17 to 16 and Taysom loses two fumbles, we're all going to be calling for his head. Right. Cause like that, that's what can't happen. Yeah. So we'll, want to see thanks everybody for joining us uh i apologize for my voice it was terrible thanks to dr thomas thanks for andrew's dad dylan uh matt budrich and andrew picking up the slack for me guys thanks for joining us support the freaking podcast we're the best safe podcast in the world you support us become a patron thanks guys and we'll see you tomorrow talking tate week <laughs>